This is completely different than 2008. So what do we do to prepare for inflation and recession? More assets that produce cash flow so that we don't have to go out and get another job to compensate for the loss of income. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Hey, everyone. Here in Utah. I am in Utah in a hotel with horrible sound. Sorry about that. Very, very much apologize. And horrible um, video as well. It's all grainy and the sound quality is going to be atrocious, but we have good stuff for you today. So despite the fact that I don't have my sexy microphone that makes me sound really good, hang in there because this is going to be good stuff. (laughs) I should have come up there and hung out with you and Bobby Joe. We could have recorded. (laughs) Well, I moved as you guys know, and I have a travel mic and I usually bring it when I travel so that we can do podcasts and stuff. I have absolutely no idea where it is. I'd like zero. I opened every box that said office on it. No mic. I, I have no idea where it is. So anyway, I'll find it in a couple of years as we de-box at the house and um, I'll, I'll have it again. Let's be honest. Till you move to the, to another house. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> so we got a couple of things for you today. A couple of things. The first thing is we've been having uh, internal discussions about terms and how important they are in real estate deals. And the timing with this is pretty important. So we thought we'd bring it to you. And then secondly, in our Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, you really should. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. It's, it's awesome in there. We'll put a link in the show notes um, for you guys. We were having a discussion about um, biggest fears in owning real estate. Some really good, some really good ones in there. So we're going to talk through some of those as well on the show. So that we're going to do those two things today. Strap in. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, for sure. I think one really helpful thing about our Facebook group is just when people comment and are a little vulnerable, maybe, and share what they're afraid of, talk about their concerns with the market right now and understanding and mm-hmm. learning from each other, right? Versus not just necessarily Ron and I on the podcast, but everybody talking in there is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, let's start off with this. We we got some, it was literally last week we were talking about being the uh, hot girl at the dance. And literally, it's less than a week. And we are officially, through at least the lens of two, maybe three different people, we are the hot girl at the dance again. Feels and that's so fun. Good. It's mm-hmm. fun. I, I really, for all of you um, women out there who have experienced being the hot girl at the dance, if this is what it feels like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Because uh, <clears throat> Ron, so, Ron knows what it feels like. So. Yeah. 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 Only because I'm in real estate. And of course, now I am. Uh, <laughs> I the dance again. Okay. So we got some, we got some properties that came in, some duplexes, which, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get very many of. Mm-hmm. And um, they're newer. They're like, how old are they? 2014. So, yeah. oh, so these yeah. things are, are babies. Really new. Really new. Um, they're fully leased, operating. And <laughs> so first, first guy that is now understanding we're a hot girl at the dance. Second is the mortgage companies 
Okay, so the mortgage guys are are losing money big time because there's no refinances. I mean, Heather, we we just saw an article the other day. I can't remember exactly how much the mortgage business is down, but it's dramatic. I mean, it's dramatic. A lot of it has to do with there's literally no refinances. Nobody's refinancing now because the rates are too high. Everybody who's already going to refinance, they've they've already done it. And then, of course, you've got not enough inventory and this all these problems with you know, which is not enough inventory. So, yeah, and then you have the slowing because you know, because interest rates are going up. Yeah, people are like, well, interest rates are high. I'm not going to move now. <laughs> so, yep. So that leads us to the next thing where Heather was negotiating with one of one of our awesome mortgage folks who, who are awesome. Yep. And tell the story, Heather. This yeah. is pretty cool. So I just called him and I said, look, man, I'm like $35 away of cash flow per month from 8% cash on cash. And I said, I just want to get above 8%. And do you have any ideas for me? <laughs> and he said, so these are new. I'm like, yeah, they're built in 2014. He's like, okay. And they're already leased. I said, yeah. He said, they're ready to close in the next like 60 days. I'm like, yeah, if not sooner than that. And he said, okay. Um, let me talk to my management team. Like, there you go. He's like, wow, okay. And oh, and let alone they're in a fantastic market in the one of the best parts of Oklahoma City, a suburb that has the best schools in the area, yep. right? So great location, newer construction, all brick, like stuff that a lender wouldn't be scared of holding in their portfolio, right? So, so it was a really short conversation and within 24 hours, he was back to me with, okay, I can give you 5.375 limited time. Cause I don't know if what rates are going to do. He said, but I, I'm, I'm committed that we can do that. So we've been reaching out to our clients and, you know, looking at, okay, you, if you wait much longer and rates go up a full point, which they could go up this, this will be released on Monday. So they could go up this week, um, very realistically then you could have missed out on this crazy incentive rate. Which just so just so everybody understands, like what we're talking about here is interest rates are 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 approaching seven already, okay, for investment properties. So to be able to get five point three seven five, I mean that's that's insane. Yeah. The bank, the bank is basically losing some of the profit they would have made. That's what it is. So 30 year fixed, not an arm. This is just a, a straight up 30-year fixed Fannie Mae loan, okay? That, just that spread is equal to $105. $105 per month of cash. I want you guys to understand is that when you're pulling the levers, trying to make cash flow work on a property, you have, you don't have very many, but there are some, right? There's price and then there's terms, mm-hmm. okay? And then there's there's income and expenses. That That's pretty much it. That's all you've got. Well, the income is what it is. You know, the, the tenants aren't going to pay more than they're going to pay. Right. So we're there and expenses are what they are. There's, there's yeah. nothing else we can do with those two. So that leaves us to play with price and terms. Now I've just told you what the terms are, right? So if we can change the terms, we can create additional cash flow, which is what we did on these almost $400 a month. No, over $400 a month in, in cash flow that we created on these properties. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, um, go ahead. if you were to try to do that, achieve the same thing with a price reduction. Do you remember how much it was, Heather? Uh, 20,000. Yeah, it's almost 20 grand per 100,000, which means 
prices would have to drop roughly, you know, 20%. Yeah. We, we have that conversation with our sellers all the time. I'm, I say, Hey, we can reduce the price like five grand, or we can add five grand in closing costs, buy down the rate. And you are, the numbers are way better way better than a tiny price reduction. And you got to understand folks right now, in order to rebuild these, it would cost more money, right? So I, I think that's the thing that people aren't understanding quite is that we all think the prices are just going to collapse overnight. Number one, in the Midwest, they don't really collapse anyway, because they don't go crazy up, right? Oklahoma City doesn't go crazy up. It's it's a pretty boring market. It didn't drop that much last time. And things are more expensive because of inflation. Mm-hmm. So builders are having to pay more. I mean, Heather and I are in the middle of this right now, yeah. right? Cost overruns and everything on construction. Yep. They can't just drop the price. That's not the way it works. They're paying more to build. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, yeah, if you can get in and, and get really, really solid terms, it makes a massive, massive difference on your cash flow. Yep. Builders are getting squeezed right now which is something that maybe not everyone's thinking about because often their loan terms are reflective on the current rate. And so if rates are increasing on them, like they have been on everybody else week to week, then they're feeling nervous. So when I got these, another set of duplexes in Kansas city, I was told, I never hear from this builder. He's kind of a guy that bird dogs deals for us. And he said, I never have ever had this builder send me any property which is super weird. Like I know him really well. And he said, I'm just really surprised. Maybe he's getting nervous. And I said, well, maybe his costs are going up like crazy withholding these and they're nearing completion. So he's panicking and going help, you know, maybe the bank is requiring him to have more liquid assets. And so he's creating liquid assets. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of, of things like that. We, we went over in our, in one of my masterminds about commercial loans. They're not the same as Fannie and Freddie. Like when you guys get everybody out there has a house, a home loan. If you're making your payments, they can't just come call your loan, dude. It's not the way it works. Yeah. But with a commercial loan, they absolutely can do that. They can come back and go, Hey, the market changed. And now based on the financials you just sent us, your property's not worth what we have loaned on it. So now you have to come up with this amount of money or you have to pay the loan off. Yeah. Or we'll foreclose. So commercial loans are a whole different ball game. And I think at least in the mastermind that I was at, most of the people in there don't even realize this, right? So you could have a situation where a builder is like, okay, cool. I need some more liquidity. Mm-hmm. I've got to get rid of these over here. And we just happen to catch them at the right time. Again, hot girl at the dance. Yeah. Came back around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we are. I reached out just like a week and a half ago to all of the commercial lenders that we've worked with in the past in local markets and said, hey, if this happens to one of your builders, please call us. Like, let us jump in and help. Let us help everybody. And that includes all of you listening. Yeah. Because when we have this, right, where we have something that we weren't going to have, right, we we weren't going to have these properties. Now, all of a sudden, we do have them. Mm -hmm. They're nice properties in a great area. There would be something that three months ago, we would have been looking for dramatically to be able to get them to you guys. And we were able to work on the mortgage side to bring down the the rates so that the numbers work. Everything collides. And then the questions start rolling in, Heather. Today, we were talking about, what if we just wait and, and just see what happens in the market? 
Well, let me tell you what's going to happen in the market. I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen in the market. The interest rates are going to go up. They have to continue to raise interest rates because inflation's out of control. We talked about this last two or three podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. They are going to go up. And every time they go up, what I just went through on math, if you just, just work the math with me, we have inflation that is pushing prices up. So the cost to build is going up, all right? At the mm-hmm. same time, you're asking for builders and sellers to bring their prices down 20% in a market in a market that doesn't really do that, all so that you can match one for one what the terms will do. Say so that again. I hope, Say that again. a hope and a prayer. Yeah. So in order to get this extra $105 in cash flow, the price would have to drop almost 20%. Mm-hmm. Okay. In a marketplace that doesn't really do that. Yep. So this isn't California. Yep. Right? Now, we're going to sit around and wait for this imaginary 20% price drop that may or may not come. I don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's say it does. Let's say six months from now, we finally get the price drop. And now interest rates are not only a point higher, but they're another point higher. Let's say the first point, you've broken even, right? Because the terms that we just got break you even on that. Mm-hmm. But if the, if the interest rates go another half a point to a point higher than that, you still lose. Yeah. Right? So waiting when you can get the stars to align is not necessarily the best plan. Are there going to be markets where the, where the prices drop? Absolutely. We talked about some of them on the show, I think, a week or two ago. I mean, Boise's one of them. We're, we're already watching it happen there. But that it's happened like last Island. time. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, that happened last time. That doesn't, shouldn't shock anybody. California will be one of them. I guarantee it. You know, you can name them all off. They're all the ones that went crazy up. Yep. Oh, so it happens every time. But the Midwest doesn't do that. It's boring. That's why we moved into the safe area when the market started to go crazy in all of those other markets. Remember, because we were in Boise. Yep. We were in Phoenix. We were in Florida way, way, way back. Right. Okay. I'll get off my soapbox. Stop. No, I think I think it's important to talk about what happened last time and make sure like understanding the numbers, because you're right. If cost to build is going up, then that's going to make building come to a halt if prices drop. Right. And I mean, the, the ramifications of that trickle down effect, I guess, is if building stops, we have supply issues and we already have a supply issue as it is. Right. So right. <laughs> it's we with, just with not the enough. bed. With the Fed shoving us into a recession at the same time as we have runaway inflation. So this is completely different than 2008. So what do we do to prepare for inflation and recession? More assets that produce cash flow, Yeah. right? So that we don't have to go out and get another job and yet another job and yet another job to compensate for really the loss of income. Because if, if you're not getting a raise that is at least 15% a year, well, then you're losing money every year, right? Which can you imagine? Like those are huge wage increases. No, I can't imagine. And the companies aren't going to be able to pay that stuff. Yeah. Because they, I mean, look, look, all the major companies have already done, they're doing hiring freezes right now and they will be laying people off towards the end of the year. But promise it's going to happen. Okay. It seems so, like there's no way around it. Their costs are increasing right? (laughs) Those who have assets that produce income will weather the storm better than people who do not. Period. Hard stop. Exactly. So anyway, we sold a third of these in a couple of hours today. We'll have probably a few left 
um, today when this airs um, with these crazy terms. And the Fed is hinting at a point increase this week sometime. Their meeting is the 26th and 27th. It could be announced on either one of those days or the day after um, what they're going to do. Nobody really knows until the meeting's over, but that's what's leaking. Um, yeah, is I mean, the 26th is Tuesday. This release is on Monday. So, so yeah. lock it up. If you yeah. guys are interested, you need to get a hold of us. Heather, how do they get a hold of us? Reach out at invest at rpcinvest.com. We'll point you in the right direction. If you're already chatting with someone on our team, reach out to them because that's who I'll refer you back to is whoever you're chatting with on our team. We have a really small but mighty team. We just work really well together. So we have great Okay, enough of that, Heather. Let's talk about the uh, the fears that people were posting in our group because I I think they were really good. Um, Some of these are really solid. Yeah, I know one I'm reading here is um, owning multiple properties and having multiple vacancies, not being able to cover mortgage with rising interest rates. Which... People who own multiple properties realize that actually owning multiple properties is the exact opposite of that. Because when you have more doors and you have a vacancy, it hurts you less than if you have one door and you have a vacancy because then you're 100% vacant, right? If you have 10 doors and one of them is vacant, well, then you're 10% vacant, right? Not 100% vacant. Yeah. And so having more doors actually solves that problem more than... And I, and I understand if you, if you don't own a bunch of different properties and you don't realize how this works, owning more doors actually, and it, so long as you bought them on good fun, uh, fundamentals, yep. actually helps you. It doesn't hurt you. But I can understand where someone would think that because if they all, if they all go vacant and you're 100% vacant and you own 10, that's a big deal. Yep. It's just the odds of that, especially, especially in the kind of market that we're moving into because we just talked about the supply problem and that Mm -hmm. if the building is starting to taper, we already don't have enough properties, you know? So right now I have friends and they are increasing their standards for residents because there's, there's a lot. So why not pick the best of the best? Yep. Another good one in here is, how much reserve should I have? Like, I'm worried I'm not going to have enough reserves if I have vacancy and I have the internal battle of saving cash for having a recession. So being some lick, having more liquidity, but mm-hmm. then, man, I, I don't want to let my money just sit there. So I thought about this a bit this week myself. I have a lot of that, those saving, those funds I save in uh, whole life insurance that produces, has some interest earnings at least. Yep. And then I can keep some liquid without. Without feeling it. horrible about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, uh, I, I think that's smart Yeah. <laughs> um, because you do, you do have to have liquidity. You, you have to have liquidity for both your, yourself and for each one of the properties that you own. Right. And so, you know, general rule of thumb, three to six months of expenses for those. So that if you do have a vacancy, properties can cover themselves. I mean, you don't have a problem, but, and there was another one on there too, about over leverage. I don't know if that was the same one, but somebody actually used the words over leveraged. And it's, I, w- I would say that I was getting ready to say that it's hard to be over leveraged when you have to put 20 to 25% down, but that's actually not true. That's on the properties that we sell. That's true. But a lot of properties out there that I see people buying and that see, I see people selling it would be really easy to get over leveraged because yeah. the cash flow is not sufficient enough to cover the properties. And that's a problem, right? And so I've been saying that I think that the multifamily space 
is going to be ripe for picking in about a year, then that's because people have been doing that. They have been over leveraging themselves True. and they don't understand what's coming where these banks can just call their loans because they're the prop, the properties are not performing like they should, like they need to, you know, as soon as, as soon as cap rates start to adjust, well, then your property is not worth what you, what you paid for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or the equity that you had is shrinks, especially if you can't get the thing to, to produce fast enough, which a lot of times you can't. And a lot of these guys are over committing what they can actually do anyway. Yeah. I'm reading through here to see some other ones. Oh, next steps on once I have more than 10 Fannie Freddie loans was one fear like, oh man, I'm out of loan positions. So yes. never out of loan positions. There's yeah. loans, loans galore, well, especially and, right now. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, banks are hungry. Like if anything, I think we're going to see more options coming down the pipe. So yep. that'll be nice. Yeah, And um, we, we already have plenty of options for that. Folks who do um, DSCR, debt service coverage ratio loans, they don't care about anything except for the property and how it operates. 30-year fixed, they, they don't care. So we already have those. And the rates are not crazy. They're not out of control. Yeah, that's true. I think that the waiting and kind of seeing how it shakes out um, is something that in the end, it'll be like one of those 2008 stories, right? I hear about that all the time. Oh man, I wish I would have bought some stuff in 2008, 9, 10. You know, I think mm-hmm. it could be, man, I wish I wouldn't have sat on all my cash, right? Wish I would have made it work, made, help, me, help me through inflation rather than just sitting waiting. So I think there is a balance, like we were talking about, of having enough savings to help in case there's anything catastrophic that happens in your personal life as well and m- making your money work. Those who pass up 5% rates today are going to be really sorry they did. Yeah. They're seven and a half to eight. Yep. It's true. I had a a long time for the deals to compensate for that kind of spread. I had a client who got a 5.75 rate and just felt so disappointed. And she, I forgot to said that she responded to an email I sent out today about some different properties and said, man, I'm feeling pretty good about (laughs) about my 5.75 right now. (laughs) Well, my daughter, when she got her interest rate on her house, it had literally been like a month mm-hmm. until they could actually put it under contract. They finally put it under contract and their their interest rate went up a point mm-hmm. in that time frame. But I think it was like four, I don't remember, four something. And now I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that doesn't look so that doesn't look so bad it now. So does bad. It? it doesn't look so bad now. So good point. Good point. And I'll just invite everybody like I did last week, just go pull up the historical, pull up the historical and look where we are. It's not that bad. Yep. It's actually not bad at all. It's really, really sexy right now. It's not as sexy as it was, but I mean, the interest rates have had some work done still. They're they're looking pretty hot. It's all good. We're spoiled for so long. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People (laughs) just completely forgotten. So I think... Getting over your fears and remembering that the game really isn't any different than it ever was. It was the same in 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. The game's the same. Sometimes you get a little bit better deal, but the game's the same. Pile assets, pile up cash flow, and that will help you get through the recession. It will help you get not probably break even 
on inflation based on where it is right now. I don't think you're getting over on inflation, but but break even on inflation, which would be nice not to have to lose 15% every single year that we have 15% plus inflation. You know, it's interesting times we're living in. Interesting times. Sure. We'll see how all of this shakes out. But I just put I just put a property under contract um, this evening. Oh, not, I didn't know that. I'm, I haven't stopped buying. Yeah. And part of the reason I probably would have slow played it just a little bit, but rates are going to go up a, a point mm-hmm. next week or the following week. Yep. So I got to get on it to try to lock the rate on this property that I'm probably going to buy anyway. Because again, if I try to compensate, if I go back to them and I retrade. If I miss the rate, I'm going to have to go back and retrade with these people and say, man, I, I thought I could get this interest rate. I ran all my numbers on this interest rate over here. So now I need you to lower the price by 10, yeah. 50%. Who's going to do that? Yeah, nobody. They're not going to do that, yeah. right? They'll just hold it. They'll just keep it. So I lose my deal. I'll lose the ability to buy if I don't get on it. And that's that's really what we're trying. That's what Heather and I are trying to tell you. The interest rates are going to go up. So the deals are going to have to change. The structure is going to have to change. We'll we'll be on top of that for you. But for right now, we just changed one and they're good. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions, reach out to us as always. Till next time. Make something happen. Get out there and make something happen. Clock's ticking. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.